This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Good afternoon to you, too, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's kind of chilly today. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We have a couple days where uh, things are things are warm, and so now it's uh, chilly again. And uh, every time I leave the house, I'm trying to guess what to what to put on. And, uh, and you know, it comes with that kind of what to smoke, too. What yeah. to put in your pipe. That's, uh, you know, for me, very it's sometimes very temperature-related. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's uh, things, things are going good, man. What, what's going on with you? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned mentioned the the kind of deciding what you have to wear because i, I want to address yeah. something that i was not aware of well so i went to grand rapids uh you know and, and saw some folks uh, i was out there i was yeah no that's right family for the holidays and christina my wife and i always love to go um uh, do, do a bit of a wardrobe refresh you okay. know whenever yeah. whenever we're out and about we'll yeah I, well yeah so you're uh, in the uh, paper towel sales uh business now. all right so so you you are not in a position to mock this because as i was looking recently for your birthday picture which oh, yeah. by the way happy birthday that oh, happened th- thank last you week. it did 35 yep. uh I, for your birthday i always try to pick a, a goofy picture of you from your facebook page to uh, put up as your your happy birthday picture i, I went with the brooding uh about to get married look yeah I, it was good kind of had my hair down was in my uh, tuxedo and uh yeah no it was good thank you for for that so i'm going through you, your you pictures could, you had so many uh more embarrassing options i i really that, did that you passed over but, but so this is the thing i'm going through <laughs> your pictures and suddenly i'm like wait that's my shirt that's my shirt. You own this, this lumberjack shirt that I'm wearing right now. I do. Now. I it's do. the exact same shirt. We should, oh, we should have a, uh, maybe we could wear them on the same day one time. I did almost think about like saying like, hey man, wear that red shirt today. <laughs> but then that, that could come across as creepy. Any of that, I got it on it sale because one of the arms is like smaller than the other. <laughs> <laughs> it works out really well, dude. That's awesome. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, I, I did want to make note of that just in case you did. I was I was half hoping you might wear this shirt, but you saw me this morning, so I did. I, yeah, I did. Yeah, I killed it. Yep. Uh, all right, Matt. So we've uh, we got a great show. Look, there's a lot going on right now in the uh, in the pipe universe that we inhabit. Uh, man, we've we've got a bunch of new uh, actual club members uh, that we're going to name drop next week. Man, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of going through that. That's been a, a great surge of support for the Country Squire Radio uh, International. Pipe Club, and if you have not done so already, head over to uh, patreon.com slash countrysquireradio, where you too can join the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. More information on that if you go to countrysquireradio.com, click join the club. Uh, what about the store, man? What's going on at the shop? Well, um, man, it, it just keeps on rolling. You know, January is the first uh, part of the year and um, is incredibly slow compared to what we just came out of, right? Yeah. So it's been it's been busy enough for January. I mean, we're doing fine for January, but it's one of those seasons where um, things take a very noticeable dive. You know, and it's hard as, as someone who kind of thrives off activity and busyness and, and all that, um, you know, for someone to go, 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 go from October, November, December, and then it just drops drops dead you know and so that's uh that, that's that's difficult, you know, for uh, someone to emotionally deal with. So this is a time mm. of year that we try to uh, pump ourselves up for the next year and, um, you know, think about doing, um, you know, events going forward, doing some strategic planning and uh, just kind of thinking about using the downtime, hopefully, for our uh, our benefit. So right now we're trying to, you know, figure out some some cool stuff for the next several months to do. And uh, hopefully over the next, you know, few weeks we'll be unloading some of that and um, and unpacking some of those things. But, um, man, we're really excited. Good, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
excited to uh, all, all is good on the home front. That's that's what you want to hear, man. Uh, all right, so we are in a new year, and one of the things that we like to do uh, around the new year is to kind of take it back for the newborn. You think about. Not literally the newborn. No, the but newborn. The newborn pipe smoker. All, all those, yeah, all those precious little <laughs> infant pipe smokers. Yeah, right. Exactly, the newborn pipe smoker. Well, you have Father Time and Baby New Year, and, and Baby New Year just came in, and, and along with Baby <laughs> Is that New a thing, Year, Baby New Year. Yeah, that's a thing. It's totally a thing. <laughs> but along with the New Year, we've got all of these different uh, folks who, you know, maybe they got a pipe for the first time uh, for Christmas. Maybe they've got that Christmas money, so they're finally spending it on that pipe they want. Regardless, even though it's just been a busy year from the from the sales standpoint. We're now in that adjustment standpoint for the for the pipe smoker. So we've got all these new folks coming in, trying to figure out pipe smoking. A great time for us to revisit our Pipes 101 series. And we got a great topic today, man. We're talking about how to choose your first ever bulk tobacco. Yeah, yeah. You know, we like to visit the 101 series because this time of year we do have a lot of new uh, pipe smokers, right? A lot of yeah. folks that are entering the market, uh, you know, and, and folks also that are maybe revisiting it after a long uh, hiatus or, uh, you know, they haven't, uh, you know, smoked their pipe in a while and are kind of flirting with getting back into the ball game there. You know, this time of year we do uh, like to revisit this because we have a lot of folks that are entering the pipe market and maybe revisiting it after a long hiatus and, you know, trying to just uh, figure out what's out there and people get pipes at Christmas time. They get gift pipes. Maybe they have a few extra bucks and are looking for that thing to get into a new hobby or something. And so they pick a pipe up. A lot of, a lot of times also uh, nostalgia or the cold weather kind of gets folks interested. You know, this time of year we have a lot of folks that are curious about, about the pipe, maybe because they, uh, you know, have gone through a lot of these Christmas memories and remember someone in their family that uh, used to smoke a pipe and are interested in that. And so, you know, we so we see a lot of folks. What tobaccos do you try, right? Um, you know, there's so many that are out there. I've got this pipe and I'm interested in, uh, you know, just trying some new tobaccos. So what's what's out there? What do I try? Bulk, bulk blends, the reason why we want to talk about them today is because they're such an easy and inexpensive way to get started in the pipe world, right? You have, you know, just a lot of great opportunities there, um, you know, to lo- lo- lots of different tobaccos that are very affordably priced, very, <laughs> very reasonable. Uh, they're incredibly uh, easy to get your hands on uh, for the most part. And, you know, you're not spending as much as you would on a tin tobacco to try a bunch of different types, uh, you know, just to just to see kind of what's out there. So. And I mean, to be clear, this is this is the exact like the purpose of this episode is the almost the exact opposite of the hamster scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's right. Like, like I mean, because you, you we're not trying to set people up wrong. Because there are people, like, let's be honest, without intending to set up new pipe smokers for to fail with some of the bulk tobacco recommendations they go in. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, folks, you know, they're without intending to, like you without said, intending but, to. But yes. yeah, th- there's a lot of um, th- there's some some inexpensive tobaccos out there that do uh, taste like pine straw. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and, and would be good for uh, you know lining the the cage of uh, your your hamster's cage. You know, as we talked about, and so uh, you know, we want to try to avoid some of those tobaccos. But th- there's some inexpensive tobaccos that are out there that are uh, that are great at the same uh, same time. And to be clear, I mean, typically it's someone that has been smoking a pipe for for several years, maybe decades, and has built up a... A calloused tongue. A, well, like, a, <laughs> like an acquired taste for a certain tobacco that's been around forever. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I get that. And so it's not necessarily... It's more about the habitual nature of it than it is the actual flavor of it. And so it ends up being like, oh, no, this is this is what you need. This is what I smoke, you know, all, all the time, every day, whatever. And then the new pie smoker comes in and be like, ah! 
<laughs> what do I do? What do I do? What with have this? I done? Yeah, it, you know, it is hard because there are so many, um, you know, longtime pipe smokers that have been smoking a certain blend. And for them, it's just an easy go-to because they're used to smoking it. They know how it smokes. But, um, you know, we want to try to find things that are easy to keep lit, you know, mellow and, and kind to of the mouth, you know, the easy easy on your tongue. And so those are some things to, to think about going forward. Um, again, bulk blends, they tend to be uh, easier to find um, and, uh, and, and relatively inexpensive. So odds are, as we talked about before on the show, and uh, a lot of folks, they listen to Country Squire Radio because they don't have a local pipe, you know, tobacconist. Um, odds are you don't live close to a real uh, pipe shop, right? Uh, you don't live close to, you know, a place that kind of specializes in pipes. Uh, you walk in and it's very pipe centric. Um, you know, there's just a, a good chance that that's not your case, uh, you know, currently. But odds are if you live, you know, in or around a, a metropolitan area, you do live close to a decent cigar shop or a decent, uh, you know, maybe discount tobacconist. And right. so, um, you know, those places do tend to carry uh, some bulk tobaccos and, and some of them, you know, would sell more of them than you might think. And so uh, this is maybe a place for you to start. Uh, You know, it can be a little frustrating if you go in and the guy behind the counter uh, doesn't know a whole lot about pipes and you're kind of the one having to ask the questions and and maybe even lead the conversation. But um, which which we've we've been there, right? Oh, yes. We've all been there. But, uh, you know, your your local uh, cigar shop uh, that maybe carries a few pipe tobaccos, this can be a good place to to at least go stick your toe in the water. And uh, certainly, you know, if we're thinking about those first couple of blends to get to learn how to smoke your pipe, how to keep it lit, which different flavors are out there. Um, we're looking for tobacco that's high quality enough to enjoy, but inexpensive enough to be accessible. You know, and also just something to see, okay, is if I smoke this tobacco, if this gives me an idea if I like the process of the pipe. Am I enjoying the pipe just kind of as a utility? And then yeah. if, as you explore it, you know, maybe you find some other resources, but uh, at least this, you know, this kind of local place can give you an option, um, you know, somewhere to, to kind of stick your feet in the water. Enjoyable, yeah. but not challenging. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Um, so, so the blends, uh, you know, are that, that they're going to have at a shop like this. A lot of times you'll go into a cigar shop and they will uh, try to th- throw their local pipe smokers a bone, right? So they'll have uh, maybe maybe four, five, six, eight uh, different uh, bulk tobaccos that they sell. Uh, these blends are almost guaranteed to be blended off-site by a manufacturer. Um, so these are not, you know, even though they might have uh, local names or interesting sounding names or, or something, um, you know, where it looks like they've kind of been creative, uh, they're that's that's great. That there's chances are that they did not blend those blends in house, um, which, which is wait, go ahead. Well, j- just so that it's not you know uh, there may be some shade that that you just kind of picked up there that was being cast, but uh, and I think that that's fair to an extent. But at the same time, there sure. are states in which like literally the tobacconists are not allowed to blend their. They're own not tobacco. allowed to blend. That's and right. So the, literally, the best they can do is say lane one Q and slap on their local, you know, their local name. And, yeah, you know, what, and, whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, no, and and that's and that's great. What I the the point of that and and what I'm trying to get at here is, is that that's okay. A lot of those blends that are like that are are great tobaccos and have uh, incredible histories and. Uh, you know, are, are incredibly good selling, and uh, and there's a reason for that, right? There's um, you know, there's a lot of great blends to try that might fall into that category, and so um, when you go into a shop like this, and you know, they don't have uh, their own blends, but they do, you know, sell bulk tobacco, uh, whatever name it's going to be under. Typically, these tobaccos are going to be uh, by companies like Lane. 
uh, or Sutliff. Uh, those are the two primary ones that you know we tend to see in a retail environment like like that. Um, you know, depending if if the uh, tobacconist or you know if the cigar shop gets a little more uh, aggressive, they may try some Cornell and Deal or some Sutliff or, or some uh, Stokeby tobaccos, just depending. Um, but typically, you're going to have a nice base of Lane and Sutliff tobaccos, and uh, certainly Lane. That's kind of where most uh, cigar shops start. And, and you know, there's some great blends there. There's some really good blends to to start out on. Why is that? Why would Lane over Sutliff in particular for cigar shops? Well, I, I think both of them are real popular, and there's a reason, you know, that these two would be found over and above maybe some other, uh, you know, tobacco uh, manufacturers because they are very accessible, uh, they're relatively, uh, you know, inexpensive, but also their blends are, are very, very popular right. for, for newbies, right? So you've got a lot of aromatic blends, a lot of blends that make the room smell nice, things like that. Other manufacturers, they, they blend aromatic blends, but um, maybe they're not quite as well known for those blends, or maybe, uh, you know, their blends tend to be a little more sophisticated, and so mm. uh, maybe they're harder to keep lit, or the moisture sure. content's different. And so for whatever reason, just because these two brands are so prolific, particularly Lane, because they've been around so incredibly long, you're just going to see a lot of those tobaccos behind the counter. And again, there's some great options there. Huh, um, okay. So uh, what to ask for? This can be frustrating, you know, if you walk into a cigar shop or your local, you know, discount tobacconist and you're like, man, I, I just, I picked up this pipe. Uh, I'd like to try some tobacco. The Chances are you may know more than the person behind the counter, uh, or at least there's a good a good opportunity that you, that you do. And so questions to ask, what's your best seller? Um, you know, what are people smoking the most? What is the best tobacco for a new pipe smoker? Uh, which even if it's not a new pipe smoker, even if it's not a pipe smoker behind the counter, a lot of times they will know the answer to that. And, and then take a stab at this. What's easy to keep lit and easy on your tongue? And, and typically, you know, folks that sell enough pipe tobacco to be kind of aware of it, they'll mm. know the answer to those questions. They get feedback on those kind of things quite a bit. So um, even if you walk into a, a shop that doesn't particularly carry a lot of pipe tobacco, if they do have a few blends and they sell them often enough, uh, they probably will know the answer to those questions. So you can ask for specific blends and, and you may get answers and that'd be good. Specific blends that you might be interested in are things, of course, like 1Q that Bo mentioned earlier, uh, Vanilla Custard from Sutliff, RLP6 from from Lane. You know, there's just so many good ones out there that have a really easygoing smoke. They're incredibly popular and, and they're, they're all safe bets as far as your first bulk tobacco. So... If, if you walk into a shop and it's very apparent that it's pipe-centric, you know, they market themselves as a place where, you know, pipe smoking is com- common and, uh, you know, friendly and taken care of and all that type of thing, there's a really good chance that, well, first of all, you're in luck <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, most people in, in the United States that don't live close to a place that kind of majors in pipes or at least, uh, you know, throws pipes much of a much of a bone. It's a, uh, it's a rarity. It, it, Diamond it, in the rough. It, it is a rarity, you yeah. know, nowadays. And so when you walk into uh, a place like that, you'll, um, you know, you're you're in luck. There's a good chance the guy behind the counter can answer a few more of your questions. And so um, the key here, you know, when trying to identify those new bulk blends that you're going to try, um, typically is, you know, you're a first time tobacco smoker. Um, 
identify yourself as a new smoker and be willing to ask for and receive advice. Um, it, man, this this is so key. And, and frankly, if the guy behind the counter is a pipe guy, it's going to make his day. <laughs> Tr- trust me. Like it, you know, what, when someone comes in and asks me, "Hey, I'm a new pipe smoker. Kind of get me started. Show me about the the you know the stuff. Kind of show me, you know, what do I need to do here, and, and what do I need, and and how do I start this? Um, man, that's when my bells and whistles go off because that's what we enjoy, right? We we want to you know grow it and uh, help new people get into mm. the hobby and all that kind of stuff. So be willing to ask you know those kind of questions. Hey, I'm new. Um, you know, sh- can you can you recommend me some tobaccos and also help me? Um, you know, it, figure out how to how to pack it, light it, keep it lit, and care for my new pipe. Typically, in this kind of environment, you want to ask for mild tobaccos, things that are easy to keep lit, uh, things that are easy on your tongue. And, and, you know, things that have a nice room note, too. And if you are walking into a, um, a real pipe shop, a lot of times the guy behind the counter will be able to, to help you with some of these questions. So they may point you to a brand name similar to the Lang 1Q or the BCA or, or you know, uh, Sutliff 1M or something like that. But chances are a shop like this, uh, their tobacco may be a little more expensive because they might have blends of their own that they sell. And so this is kind of where, uh, you know, the Squire would fit into the equation, you know, other tobacconists, uh, you know, they'll have a variety too. We sell things like, um, you know, the name brand tobaccos that you'll find, but then we also have our own concoctions that we make uh, there on site. And so, you know, the guy behind the counter hopefully will be very equipped to help you with that. Would that be, so, you know, that that is the distinction, right? Like the, the Lane 1Q uh, rename versus the one that's actually blended on site. Would yeah. the one blended on site would would that also be considered bulk tobacco? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, of course. And so the tobacco may be similar of quality to some of the bulk blends that are already out there, or it might be uh, you know a little more sophisticated because the blender has gotten uh, you know they're not trying to make something for a you know broad of the market. You know, they're trying to make something that's a little uh, more nuanced or, or interesting. And so it just depends on your, your local pipe shop and kind of what they're, what they've done and what they're interested in. You know, chances are they have some pretty good blends and, and I would, you know, you know, maybe recommend that you, that you try some of those as well as some, some international, you know, national brands that, that you could find at other, other tobacconists. So um, again, you know, ones to ask for, Sutliff 1M, uh, Buttered Rum, Whiskey Cavendish, uh, Lane, of course, we always think about BC. CA, RLP6. Uh, if you're looking for a cherry, TK6 is a really good tobacco as well. These are blends that don't really have interesting names. Other, you know, a, a few of them do, but they're tobaccos that a lot of folks will get in their shop and then uh, use as, as ingredients for other recipes. And so it's something really interesting to, to think about there. You got to love Lane's like naming convention. Like it just, it sounds like stormtroopers. TK16, yeah. why aren't you at your post? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good point. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like they uh, just kind of jumble up a bunch of letters and numbers and uh, pull them out of a bag. But I mean, we, to some extent, we know why, right? I mean, with, with kind of the testing that goes into trying to figure out what the blend's going to be, there probably is kind of like, you know, this is T7, this is T8, you know, like. Yeah, no, that, I think that's part of it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I do. And then eventually over time, those <laughs> blends, you know, kind of, uh, you know, develop their own uh, following. Some of them wind up getting canceled. Some of them, you know, have more staying power. It's, yeah. you know, it's just part of it. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, what what's your first, 
first bulk blend, if they don't, you know, point you to a name brand blend, just again, ask for those mild tobaccos, easy to keep lit, uh, that are kind to the mouth. Uh, don't don't necessarily feel like you have to start out on something that, uh, you know, tastes like, uh, you know, bubble gum or syrupy cherry or something like that. Uh, you know, start out on something that's mild, um, and and the key is is um, easy to keep lit. So, um, you know, if you're when you're looking for these different tobacco quantities, typically I recommend that new smokers get three to five different tobaccos, maybe like an ounce each of those tobaccos, you know, and, and I think that's a good place to start. You're going to be really tempted if you go into either a, a cigar shop or a, or a real pipe shop, you're going to be tempted to try everything that they have. Just stick your toe in the water, right? You want to try uh, maybe an ounce of, you know, two, three, four, five uh, different different tobaccos. That's enough for you to kind of get started. See if you like the whole process. See if you enjoy the part about selecting your tobacco, uh, filling the pipe, tamping it, lighting it, you know, tamping it again. And if the whole ritual appeals to you. And then, you know, down the road, as you kind of get the hang of it, you can start experimenting with more tobaccos. But, um, you know, kind of three, three, three one-ounce bags, that's kind of a nice sweet spot to, um, to start in there. One thing I will mention to new pipe smokers that are out there that are listening, you won't be able to tell a lot about the tobacco by what it looks like. So, you know, a lot of folks, when they look, they mm. new, new smokers, they come in the shop and they look at tobaccos and they think, well, okay, I, that tobacco looks really dark. So I don't think I want that because I bet that's really strong and I'm a new pipe smoker. So, you know, a lot of times folks equ- equivalent, uh, you know, dark tobacco with strong tobacco or uh, light colored tobacco with mild tobacco. And, and sometimes that's true. Uh, and sometimes that's incredibly uh, not true. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, just take the, take the advice of the guy behind the counter um, you know offer ask if you can smell the different tobaccos and see uh, kind of what they smell like typically that kind of mild uh, sweetness just uh, you know kind of a sweet mild flavor is is what you're going to be looking for as a new pipe smoker your more sophisticated pipe smokers that down the road this this may be something you're interested in you may be looking for that um, you know smoky heavy uh, you know barbecue campfire flavor we're kind of I'm trying to use you know terms that that the new pipe smoker will kind of appreciate appreciate and understand once they once they smell some of these jars but um you know you're, you just keep in mind you're not going to be able to tell a lot about the you know quality of the tobacco as a new pipe smoker uh, just by looking at the leaf you'll have to um you know you have to smell it and and just and just try it first keep in mind that a dark tobacco doesn't always indicate a strong tobacco sometimes it's the complete opposite of that so uh, just a heads up for some of our new uh, new smokers out there you know i'd be curious if there are heart like horror stories of people People who, you know, when they first got into it, maybe they went in like <laughs> on some very expensive tobacco as kind of their first one because they were trying to do everything right. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to yeah. go, I'm going to get the premium yeah. pipe, I'm going to get the premium pipe tobacco and everything. And then they end up either not figuring out the process or burning, <laughs> burning the crud out of their tongue, you know, and, and then for whatever reason, w- that situation caused them to hate that particular tobacco? I think so. And so, sometimes they'll wind up uh, hating the entire process itself. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we have folks that they start out, I've got a particular customer in mind that started out, his first tobacco he smoked was Irish whiskey from Peterson's. And we, we talked about Peterson tobacco recently and how it's kind of hard to get and all that uh, stuff. We're just going through a little phase with their tobaccos. But, um, you know, Irish whiskey, there's, uh, if, if I'm remembering right, it's uh 
you know, it's a it's a lightly topped tobacco, but it also is, in, you know, particularly strong. It's got, I think there's some dark fired Kentucky in Irish whiskey. I may be wrong about that, but it, it's it's a stronger tobacco. It's not mm. something that's just mild. You know, a new pipe smoker they go into go into it. Oh, whiskey flavor. That sounds great. I'll <laughs> I'll smoke that. And then before you know it, you're you know you're in your backyard, you know, throwing up your guts, right? <laughs> and 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 that's happened before. Yeah. Uh, and so. Um, you know, just just keep in mind that uh, you know not all uh, you know is very uh, clear necessarily on the front end, I, and that's why I really recommend those new pipe smokers looking again. The keywords there are mild um, and easy to keep lit, and I, and I think those tobaccos are going to help you enjoy the process of learning the pipe more uh, than something that maybe uh, you know sounds flashy or is more uh, fantastic or uh, you know looks something uh, that very sophisticated that you know you want to get all, all the you know really top shelf pipe stuff right up front. But uh, maybe just kind of build up to that. That's good. And, you know, I think I think it's important too to, to kind of offer words of encouragement whenever we're talking about new pipe smokers. You're not going to be like this perfect pipe smoker out the gate. Like it is a process you have to learn. And on top of that, it's a process in building up your palate as well. So when you hear kind of seasoned pipe smokers talking about various tobaccos and, you know, at first you might not be able to tell a difference because honestly, your focus is more on just keeping the dadgum thing lit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, that's when right. that's the case, they all they almost all kind of blend together because you're not able to get the nuances that are going on there. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Like you don't have to be a genius out the gate. It's all right to be, uh, you know, a, a newbie. Enjoy the process. Enjoy learning the process as you develop then you'll be able to really kind of explore those yeah. flavors more and yeah. and you know find new new thing new ways to enjoy it from that standpoint. I think that's an excellent excellent point. One thing also that we're being asked right now on the uh, on the YouTube chat, uh, Tallis Piper says, yeah, ask if we can just briefly kind of touch on you know you mentioned topping and casing. Can we kind of talk about the the quick you know just in a very quick yeah uh, uh, covering of the difference between topping versus casing? Yeah, it, well you know topping you you actually have tobacco that has been, you know, sprayed or treated with some type of uh, either simple syrup or um, typically it's a simple syrup or maybe a whiskey or sugar uh, topping that, um, you know, lets the edge kind of come off the tobacco a little bit. So all tobacco has a natural uh, bitterness, um, you know, some uh, bite to it. There, um, you know, it can be uh, kind of unpleasant if it doesn't over the long term have something on it to keep it kind of moist and fresh and and particularly a little sweet. So that's why a lot of burly uh, tobaccos, they might be cased with some or, you know, topped with maybe a little, uh, you know, whiskey or, uh, you know, brandy or something of that nature. In the Virginia world, we see more of a simple syrup, uh, kind of sugar, uh, sugar topping there. Uh, casing is a more uh, you know, involved process. And so with casing, you know, while the tobacco is being heated, uh, you know, the, the you know, there's there's much more syrup involved. It's a, a heavily, uh, you know, soaked process where the tobacco is very much being cooked with this, you know, batter almost. And so I, I think that more or less is kind of the 30,000 foot view of the difference there. Well, the great thing about bulk tobaccos is they are a great way to dive into the experience uh, with kind of a low cost up front, which is really important. Uh, but, you know, as you are kind of developing this process, if you want to do so in a way that is cost effective, but make sure that you get a good, st- still a very good quality premium smoke, you need to check out the great pipes from our good friends at Missouri Mershon. No, that's right, man. It's a, There's a really good chance that if you did get a pipe for Christmas, uh, that it that it's a Missouri Mershon pipe because they're incredibly high quality pipes at a great price. Yeah, stocking uh, stuffers 
is in the making. Stocking stuffers, man. <laughs> that they were they were meant to be, uh, and so there's just so many good ones, uh, you know, that folks get started. One of the most popular cobs that are out there is the Missouri Meerschaum Legend, and of course we we talk about the legend a lot, but there's a reason for that. The legend has been around a very long time and uh, has a lot of staying power. They're incredibly durable for a corn cob pipe, and um, and and they're good they're a good pipe to start on. You know, it's got a generous size bowl, a medium to to uh, you know a nice solid medium sized bowl. It comes in a bent and a straight iteration uh, with the option of using a filter and uh, just a just a really high quality uh, corn cob pipe that is something you can turn to uh, either as a new smoker or as your favorite pipe uh, every day. And so uh, good good options there. You can learn more about Missouri Meerschaum at corncobpipe.com. Of course, we smoke them and love them here at Country Squire Radio and at our shop. And, uh, man, are just thrilled uh, always to partner with them. And so, um, man, uh, you know, we, we also like to tweet out photos uh, of folks that, uh, that smoke them. That's right. So if you've got a photo of yourself or if you are out smoking your Missouri Meerschaum pipe this week, be sure to take a selfie of yourself doing it. Tweet those out to us. We'd love to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know how much you thank them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week coming in from listener Fred. Uh, he says, Hey, Bo and JD. I really enjoyed the Lunting episode and have a question. In my area, we only have one pipe shop, and it's really more of a cigar shop, if I'm being honest. I want to try to build a local group of pipe smokers. Currently, I know just of my brother in law, my college friends, and myself. Um, around the practice of lunting. It wants to build a group around the practice of lunting. Okay, so here's my question. How do I start a local lunting group? I like this idea because it seems more active than just a club, but at the same time, I'm lost either way. Thank you for your suggestions. Again, that's from listener Fred G. Yeah, man, uh, gr- great question. You know, we this would be a really good question to have uh, our buddy Scott with the International Lunting Society kind of talk to, um, because I'm sure he's he's had similar uh, folks approach him before. So maybe reach out to them. But uh, you know, from our perspective, uh, typically anything that revolves around the pipe is immediately going to be uh, community based, and so it, it is That's a lot good, like yeah. it is it is a lot like building a club, right? I mean, you are kind of looking looking for that. Um, it, you know, if you're in an area where you necessarily don't have a pipe shop or uh, a lot of pipe smokers, man. Just you know, the way to start is just literally to grab your pipe, uh, get get your best friend or uh, you know, in this case, a relative, and and man, hit the streets with your pipe. What's going to happen, and what you'll be interested in in doing this if you do it regularly, you're going to start. Uh, drawing attention, <laughs> you know, it, it makes a statement. When it, you're well, it, it does, and so you know, if you live in a in a neighborhood, your typical uh, you know American neighborhood, if if you're the guy that walks around once a week or or maybe even every day smoking his pipe, eventually that's going to catch, uh, you know, it, eventually that's going to catch someone's eye, right? And whenever I walk the dog, uh, you know, and and have my pipe in my mouth, at least, you know, once every time, you know, at, on average, I've got someone that uh, stops their car, rolls their window down and says, man, I hadn't seen someone smoking a pipe in forever, right? And, uh, and you kind of become that guy, right? And so, um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity just for uh, you to reach out to some friends and say, hey, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to walk and smoke my pipe at the same time. You're not inviting your friends to go walking with you. You're, you're inviting your friends to go walking 
and smoking your pipe with you. And and so, you know, that's the kind of the, the stipulation, right? You know, I, you know, want to get some guys and if you're interested in smoking a pipe, come come and join us. And, um, you know, it might even be something that you put up a little flyer at your, uh, you know, local local cigar shop. And I'm sure those uh, guys typically would be glad for, uh, you know, you to do that if they're, um, you know, worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I think the, the thing is there, hey, I'm, you know, looking for, uh, looking to grow, um, you know, some other people's interest in pipes uh and uh you know would you be interested in maybe taking it up and you know in order to do that we can uh you know take a walk and uh and see how that goes maybe go hiking through a local park or uh the woods or something like that so um you know i I, honestly uh it's just you know kind of trial and error it's something that you're going to have to do to figure out uh maybe it's some buddies in a local club of yours some folks you go to school with at college um maybe uh, some coworkers, or you know, a church group, or something like that. Um, you know, focus it around something that maybe you guys are already doing, right? You're already uh, you're already taking walks, or you're already uh, you know having deep discussions about certain uh, things that are important to you, or you meet you find yourself in uh, you know a, a area interest group. Maybe it's a craft beer group, or or something like that. You know, start there and build on top of that, and I, I think it'll uh, I think it'll continue to to grow and uh, and flow from that. That's good. Uh, you know, from the lunting specifically to, um, you know, look look in your local area for hiking trails, you know, in terms of kind of mapping mapping that out. Also, just from a, uh, you know, from tools that are out there, I don't know if you're familiar at all with uh, meetup.com, but that's also good for kind of gathering local groups or kind of promoting out that you're trying to put a yeah, group good, together. Yeah, good point. Uh, also, you know, a, you know, I know... Uh, <laughs> I'm barely on Facebook as is, but at the same time, starting a Facebook group that is for, you know, local pipe smokers in your area and having your friends share that out, just going on your Facebook, like, Hey, I'm trying to put together a group of local Facebook or of uh, local people who smoke pipes to get together. I bet you'd be surprised to discover that you have a lot of people that already are part of your friend network that either smoke a pipe or want to smoke a pipe and are just kind of looking for an excuse to kind of get together and, and figure it all out. Even if they're not, they might share that out with someone. So like, oh, I know, you know, uh, Tim down the street or Samantha, she's really always talked about smoking a pipe, whatever it may be. Uh, but point is, don't be afraid to put it out there. I think that's kind of a, a big portion of this as well. There's yeah. a lot of pipe smokers. I think it's less so now, but for a while there, I think a lot of people didn't really want to like project that they were pipe smokers kind of take the first step there yeah but i think in and you know with after the the hipster movement and everything else i think <laughs> i think that people have kind of become a little bit more like yeah hey i, I smoke a pipe it's well, cool but people are a little braver now right like, so. they, they are even wear uh you know the bounty paper towel shirts and and uh and you know uh, you ride, own this shirt and and riding caps you know <laughs> or you know i don't know maybe you know i'm just i'm just saying maybe people are a little more brave now that we've kind of entered this uh this brave new world uh-huh I think so. But one way, yeah, the great question, Fred G. And uh, hey, if you've got a question of the week for us, send it in to us. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that's show at CountrySquireRadio.com. <laughs> quick, quick Fire with, with the squire. squire. Quick Fire Questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick Fire Questions, of course, brought to us by new Country Squire Radio swag. Ooh, man. T-shirts galore. In that we have two new designs. That we that don't have with us we today. We don't have with us today in the studio. <laughs> but are coming very soon. But last week we uh, teased out, we talked about, we've got the uh, This Is Not A Pipe shirt that is coming your way. Uh, can we go ahead and tease out the next one? Uh, we don't have it with us, do we? Uh, should we, we? We should wait till we I have it with us. I think we should right, we'll wait, wait until we'll wait. we have it with us. We'll wait until we have it with us. But yeah. we have, This Is Not A Pipe <laughs> shirt coming. We're really excited about that. And when people are able to pre-order, where will they do that? Time To travel. be determined. 
<laughs> All yeah. right, so to be determined. To be determined. But but sooner <laughs> rather than later, to be determined. No, that's correct. Yes, so uh, be, be on the lookout for that. <laughs> and uh, yes, indeed. Okay, quick fire questions again coming in. Rob Forbes sends these. Are you ready, sir? Yeah, bring it. Cross-country vacation or a single destination vacation? You know, as much as I'd like to say cross-country vacation, I'm going to go with single destination. I, you know, I'm one of these people where um, I'm probably lazy enough to say, let's let's go where we're going and then hang out in that be there. in that location and explore it thoroughly and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't know. You know, probably eight times out of ten, that's what I'd pick. I, I'm kind of a blend of both. Like, so we went to Greece last year, but we only went to two cities in Greece. But, like, we really did those cities. You know what I mean? And so, but we traveled to get from place to place. So there was that cross-country element. We were literally crossing a country from one city to the next. Well, and I guess it depends on the country, right? Like, if you're going across the United States, that could be a a, week-long process, if not more, depending on how much time you take. But, you know, if you're driving across... uh, you know, Liechtenstein, that's a little different. So. <laughs> Is that where, like, the, the lichens are? Uh, it, it, it may be, actually. If we have any Liechtensteinian uh, listeners, we, we would like to know what the lichen population is uh, is like there. All right. Ready for the next one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, modern furniture or mid-century furniture? You know, I, this kind of mid-century deal has been um, been fun, I think. I, I'll, I'm going to go with that. You know, stuff that looks like it's out of the 50s and 60s. Like, I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you see, and and honestly, you know, the question is modern or mid-century, right? And, and really, nowadays we have this kind of mid-century modern thing going on, right? So Where that's the, that's the, the design deal. is kind of there, uh, you know, blending the two. So I, I don't know. I think that's fun, but I guess I'll go with mid-century. So I, I got. I mean, that's the thing. I, a blend of the two. It depends on the furniture piece. Like there, and, and the and the setting, right? That's exactly right. You know, like my house was built. It, well, we both live in really old house. We live in a historic district year old here, houses, in, yeah. here in Jackson, and so um, you know, my house was built in 1930. Like, I'm not going to go get, uh, you know, some some really aggressive, you know, aggressively styled uh, lighting fixtures and you know, sofa and all that kind of stuff. Listen to us. It's like we actually know what we're talking no, about. You know, it is. I, I'd, I'd, I'd sit on milk crates if I had to. But. I mean, yeah. No, you're married now. You can't do that. Anymore. No, that, that's exactly right. Uh, when we bought our house and again you know you mentioned it's like a hundred year old house the family that lived there before us had this massive like like lighting fixture that was i I don't even know exactly how to put it into words to say that it was about the size of a large planet (laughs) that was squashed down like stewie's head like stewie griffin's head oh yeah yeah and it was this big white like paper thing Uh uh-huh and they told us when they bought the house, they're like, it's not a good fit. Well, one of the, one of their things was like, um, you know, the only thing they, they need you to know is uh, you can keep keep the drapes, but they're taking the lightning fixture with them. And we we're like, that's not going to be a problem. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's not an issue at all. Yeah. No, yeah, great. That, great. By, by all means. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Aquarium or zoo? Gosh. Um, zoo, I think. Like if I was going to go. Now, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about an aquarium like. You know, off-site like SeaWorld or something. I don't know because if we're comparing well, it to a zoo, um, you do have your house aquarium, but I don't have a house zoo necessarily. Uh, although oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with a, I'll go with the zoo. Uh, aquarium all the way. I love aquariums. Yeah. New Orleans aquariums, gorgeous. I last time I was in Atlanta, I really wanted to go to the aquarium there, but it was packed, and so I couldn't get in. Yeah. And we have here at the Natural Science Museum in Mississippi. It's a it's a small aquarium, but it is really beautiful pretty cool i haven't been i've heard it's awesome but it's, i yeah, it, hadn't been yet it's so peaceful there's just something about sitting there and just kind of being surrounded by water and fish and everything and just kind of the the tranquility of it that really 
I don't know. It's like a, it's like a happy space. It's like a happy <laughs> place for me. Uh, and the fact that like there's a shark right in front of you that's just like there it is. Yeah. But uh, mountains or beach? Beach. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I love the mountains, but absolutely beach. Same. Same. Uh, dye your hair or let it be gray. Let it be gray. And, and we all know you dye your hair, man. Oh yeah. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, I got that. Um, you know, little brush thing that I brush it in. No, I. I yeah. One one day, I think I'll have you know a lot of white hair, and and hopefully I'll um you know have the courage to just let it grow out. How does this happen? You have this massive mane of hair that's not going anywhere. It is still like brown red. <laughs> Whereas me, yeah, I'm getting a couple of those whiskers in my beard though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, see, yeah. Uh, mine are coming in way faster. Plus the the, the white whiskers are coming in at the bottom quicker and the hair is retreating retreating on the top the back end yeah yeah, yeah. crazy <laughs> uh so yeah but i'm not i'm not i'm not bleaching it don't not, do that not bleaching what do you not dying it dying it yeah, yeah. No, that's not gonna happen uh and then finally rope or plug tobacco plug tobacco mm. I, I like i like plug tobacco it's easy to tote around i tend to like the moisture content a little bit better than rope tobacco and a lot of times it's not quite as strong as rope tobacco too which good so yeah i'll go with plug yeah, I'm with you. Uh, to smoke, plug. I like rope tobacco more in theory than I do in practice. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, those are your quickfire questions. If you've got some quickfire questions, feel free to send them in to us. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Mm. All right, man. We've got, uh, I tell you what, we'll move the iTunes for next week. I think that's good. Let's, because yep. we've got this massive one from Sean Connery. Yep. Wait, that's not his name. Sean Cooney. Sean Cooney. But he, <laughs> but he might be related to Sean Connery. We just, we don't know. Yep. But let, let's see what he said. And, um, uh, here we go. Uh, gentlemen, before getting into the tobacco... Uh, you know what? Why don't you read okay, it? Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably wise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> gentlemen, before getting into the topic at hand, thanks for putting together such a great program on a weekly basis. My current job puts me on the road quite a bit, and Country Squire Radio has become a part of my weekly travel routine. Every week, I learn something new about pipes, pipe culture, or the pipe community. But more than that, I feel that I learn a little bit more about myself through your discussion and the feedback from the Country Squire Radio community. Have Having said that, I'm sure that I'm about to share a fairly unpopular opinion. Uh, when it comes to the barbecue, oh my gosh, really, when it comes to the barbecue and tobacco pairing discussion, I'm firmly on Team JD. What? Oh man, no, no, this is great. What? This is great. I'm firmly on Team JD. The whole idea of pairing tobacco and barbecue has been teased out so much that there's no way it could possibly live up to the hype that's been generated. Here's just one of many issues with the topic. While J.D. is the master of determining the best tobacco to pair with any any number of flavors and beverages, etc., who would determine which is the best barbecue to pair with said tobacco? One thing I've learned is that barbecue lovers are incredibly wow. loyal to wow. a particular region or style, which, which is incredibly true, and even with a given city uh, that claim to be uh, the best barbecue. And we, we talked about that, right? The You know, you got the Memphis guys and the Kansas City guys and the Carolina guys. It's like, give me a break. You know, and then, and okay, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm turning this into my own rant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, let him rant for you. I'm going I'm to I'm continue with, uh, yes, with his yes. his thing here. Uh, You've already mentioned that there's probably more here that can be covered in a single episode. Are you ready to open this particular Pandora's box? More importantly, I believe that the carnivore version of Squire Select, ooh, I like that, uh, might just be the podcasting equivalent of jumping the shark. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) As Fonzie's uh, water skis, leather jacket, and swim trunks signified the rapid decline of happy days, I'm not sure that I want to know what a podcast barbecue CSR world looks like. Oh, 
Wow. That's what it would sound like. That's what it would sound like. Uh, All kidding aside, thanks for a great podcast. Here's to to all the great things uh, for both of you in 2019. With all this out of the way, if you ever are in Kansas City, please look me up and I'll treat you to some of our area's regional fair. And that's from Sean Cooney. And and, and there you go. He, uh, of course, you know, reveals his own uh, biases in uh, in his barbecue stuff. Okay, so, right. uh, man, I, great, great call. Man, yeah. man interesting, um, interesting argument. Um, uh, you know, it's okay, Sean, not Connery, that you decided to back <laughs> the wrong horse in this. But I will say this: one counterpoint, we have never in Squire for for Squire Selects, we've never gone based off the tobacco. We have always gone based off of the other. Because there's never one tobacco that oh I see what you're saying so one thing like yeah it's like always, if we're doing a whiskey we're we're starting with the whiskey exactly and, and then going to the tobacco because there's various tobaccos I see, I see what you're saying that qualify yeah. as good pairings for various liquors that are out there and at the end of the day we we're more concerned to make sure that the tobacco pairing is right than the liquor pairing I just still like th- this is all so mind boggling with me I you know no if anything he's making a great case for this new series because we do one that is Kentucky barbecue we do one that is <laughs> Memphis barbecue. We do one that is Mississippi barbecue, and and that's what it. That's that's it. It's genius, is what it is. Well, it 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 is a way to eat really great food on air with an excuse. All right, so the, I I will give you the <laughs> the jump the shark. It may it may it may be it may be, but let's be let's be real. Regardless of what you think about the whole jumping the shark thing, it did happen. So there it is. There it is. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Man, we've gotten some great uh, commentary on the uh, on, on uh, YouTube and I'm sure on Twitter as well. Look at us being all professional and covering the various ways where people can uh, interact with us. I know, right? You know, I put it out to the, uh, to the YouTube channel asking if uh, folks, if they remember what their first bulk tobacco was. Tom K. on the, uh, on, on the YouTube channel says, uh, Tivoli from the Tinderbox about 36 years ago. Uh, we I'm also familiar with that one. Yeah, we also have. Uh, let's see. My my first bulk was called English Burley. He said it was terrible. That was from uh, Pipe Grump. <laughs> uh, we also one Q making uh, a lot of people's several lists. appearances. Yep. Yeah. Um, Did, would would Pipe Grump think anything is necessarily good though? Yeah, because he's a he's a Pipe Grump. His name is Pipe Grump. I mean, by by definition, <laughs> Pipe Grump. I'm sure you have uh, lots of lots of things you enjoy. Cherry on top also mentions. Says I really dislike when shops re label bulk blends yeah uh keeping yep. customers in the dark to retain business is shady it's like a family-owned restaurant serving you popeye's chicken and calling it mama's recipe delicious mm. uh, i mean he's gotta, gotta love a, that heat lamp he's got a good point <laughs> and and you know i'll just to clarify what i said earlier i'm you know i'm not saying that it's right for shops to to relabel the problem is the fact that they are relabeling it. It's not that they're it's not, not the blending. T- it's their not own the tobacco. tobacco. It's exactly. not the, t- the you know the don't don't blame the relabel thing or, or the tackiness of that on one Q right. It, one Q in its own right sure. is has its place and, and can be a really good tobacco. For well, a lot exactly. Of yeah. And and you know like I, I mentioned, I think that's fair. Yeah. Like up in up in Michigan, uh, unless the the laws have changed, which I, I would imagine they have not. They can't blend a tobacconist cannot blend their own to bulk tobacco. Yeah, no, that's right. Uh, and so, you I, know, I, I think that's right for for a few states. Uh, now that you say that, yeah, I think it, um, yeah, it just depends on the environment. But so. at the same time, that doesn't mean they have to relabel one Q. They can still put it out there as one Q. As one Q, right? Um, right. But I, you know, anyway. So th- there it is. I, I just, I, yeah. it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting space that perhaps warrants a discussion later on as well. No, that's fair. 
What about on Twitter, man? What are we getting on Twitter? <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got uh, uh, Portland Paul, always a, a dear friend that likes to tune in live. He says, it does amaze me sometimes when I try a new blend that is really good and then realize how I've been unwittingly punishing myself and my tongue <laughs> with what I've been smoking a lot lately. You know, it's interesting. It's like, no, I'm so determined to be a, a smoker of this type of tobacco or this particular blend that I'm going to wear myself out on mm. it even if I you know, don't enjoy it. And then you try something new and it's kind of refreshing. So... Uh, so it's good. Uh, a kilted pipe guy, a longtime friend, uh, says this week's Country Squire radio episode makes me wish we had better bulk tobacco here in Scotland. I guess I'll have to stick with my tins. Obviously, great tin selection there, dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know he's got a got a cool picture of him uh, watching us on his tablet with his uh, with his pipe. And uh, Portland Paul again says, uh, always feel I forever feel like I'm a beginner. Uh, always keep trying, which is uh, you know pretty. That's a good mindset yeah, to I have. Think actually, it is a good mindset. Yeah. You know, be open to. Uh, you know, learning and, and finding those new tricks. And uh, I think you're going to be open to more, in, you know, enjoying it and, and sticking with it longer uh, if you're constantly finding the next thing to help you out in your uh, pipe journey. Man, so great, uh, great feedback. Uh, thank you all so much for, for joining us, those of you who are tuning in live. Of course, uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to join us for a live show, uh, come and join us. It's a lot of fun. We do it at noon on Mondays. That's noon central time at countrysquireradio.com. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. I'm at The Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. And all that and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, man, I've got a flight I've got to catch in 10 minutes. Yeah, dude, you're going out of town. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun but uh, hey, <laughs> let's go have a day see you brother you've been listening to country squire radio a member of the pottery network for more information on this and other shows please visit pottery.com